of Trackball Connection. And uh, we missed you again. We've been away for a couple of weeks, but we're back. And um, I'm your host, George Chipper Chipness, here ready for another edition of the AFL Vault Studio Podcast. And uh, with me on the line is everyone's favorite, the fan favorite, Vault's favorite, uh, Tom Dorf, Neuendorf. Tom, how are we? We're back. Are you uh, shaking the uh, shaking the rust off uh, Queen's birthday weekend? Um, how was that? Um, look, I had a pretty good run of it over the last couple of months, so I think we were due for a loss. Um, a bit disappointing, but gee, pies are all right, aren't they? Yeah, well, referring to Melbourne there, uh, I would have thought you were at the snow, but actually 83,000 were at the ground. So um, everywhere else, um, snow-wise, would have been pretty empty by the sounds of it. It was a really good game, though. What did you get out of it as a Melbourne fan? Is it just a case of we lost to a better team after beating all the uh, lower sides, or is Collingwood the real deal? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, Melbourne clearly didn't play their best, but credit where credit's due, Collingwood were absolutely clinical. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's a bit worrying that Melbourne can't seem to, um, you know, take a big scalp on, on the big stage. Um, we, we, we got absolutely passed on Anzac Day Eve as well, and now against Collingwood, it's a little bit yeah, concerning, because, you know, those, those, if you look at those two games in isolation, those are the two games where most pressure's been applied by a mile, um, and it's kind of um, those are the kind of games that you want to want to bring it, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, the the one silver lining I think we can get out of this game is Tom McDonald and how much of a revelation he's been up for. He's been an absolute star. Um, kicked, uh, I think it was five or six, um, and he and he played against a really solid defense. Uh, down back though, there are worries. Um, to me, I think the biggest worry is Jordan Lewis. Um, his stats at the end, he actually got over 75% disposal efficiency, but it felt like he missed more than he actually hit. Was it just me, or did he just have a bit of a mare in that second half? Um, I think it was a um, byproduct of always being behind the eight ball and trying to take you know a few risks through the corridor. Um, I think, look, I don't mind if he's turning the ball over when we're you know, four or five goals down and we're trying to get ourselves back in the game because you're not going to do that bombing it down the line to, you know, Jeremy Howe and Scharenberg. So, um, no, I, don't, I don't mind. Like, he he was probably one of our better players on the day, to be honest. Um, and I, I don't mind him taking that risk if we're, if we're trying to get ourselves back in the game. Yeah, fair enough. Well, um, that, that... I'm more annoyed by the... Yeah, well, that's a, that's a thing you've got in your back pocket. You've got depth and you've got um, almost an injury-free list. Um, now that Angus Brayshaw's back playing his best football, we've got a great midfield. Look, I still think Melbourne is going to be hey. up there. Fifth at the moment. Um, huge, huge chance. Tell, tell me why. Tell me why Simon Goodwin played Angus Brayshaw in attack and roll on the weekend. Um, I have no idea. If a guy averages 30-plus, let him roam, right? That is one of the most bizarre coaching moves in recent times, if you ask me. The kids had an absolute 
ripper of a three-game a three game stretch. He's averaging over 30, 33 or 40, 34 disposals in the guts. Why are, you, why are you putting him on Tom Phillips, who's a wingman? It just doesn't make sense. 100%. He was more a uh, Simon bad loss than good win on the weekend. Yeah, but... I, I, feel like, I feel like in our in those two losses I've mentioned previously, Richmond and Collingwood, he's been completely outcoached, and it's, it kills me. I feel like he's trying to outsmart himself, which is the interesting thing. And I just think just let the boys play. You're taking on a pretty good midfield. Just just battle them out. Like you, You're not going to win premierships by tagging. You're just going to have to let... It's going to be a battle, and whoever whoever's the strongest midfield wins, right? Yeah. All the best teams, they know how to. Um, they have a plan B. Like when, when the momentum swings, they can slow down the tempo. And Melbourne don't seem to have that, so that's why I don't think they're quite a contender yet. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, we'll move from your D's, mate. Look, they've got their first loss in about six, seven weeks, so we're kind of a bit of slack. Yeah. They're still fifth on the ladder, eight oh, and four. It's not the end of the world out here, boys. It's not the end of the world. Not the end, Not at all. Eight we'll and move, four. We'll move, we'll move on to, to more pressing issues. <laughs> we will, and I think the next um, issue we'll touch on are actually three issues. Um, one being uh, the Gold Coast Suns, the other being the St Kilda Football Club. And the third, even though they did um, spank the Suns over the weekend, the GWS Giants, and I'm just thinking that from um, not only a performance um, look into it, they're still in the second half of the table in the bottom nine, but they're also their crowd figures. Like, we saw that over the weekend. Now, it, it did, that was not a 5,000 crowd. Uh, that, that looked more like 2,000. And where do you think the state of the expansion clubs are right now as a fan? Are you worried about them? As a fan, I simply do not find entertainment in watching the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> like I, I just don't want to watch them. They're just they're they're not they're not a, team, a football team that I enjoy watching. So as a fan, purely as a fan, not interested. As a football lover, I think it's crisis time for Gold Coast. Seriously, they can't get much. Like they, they haven't had those last two weeks. They've had are as bad a two-week mix as they've had since they first came into the comp. Yeah, yeah. And how far, how far in are we? What, nine, seven, eight years? Seven, nine years? 2010, I think, was their um, inaugural season. So, yeah, eight seasons, and they're still providing... Sorry, nine seasons, and they're providing um, they're providing that kind of performance. It is really, yeah. really, really worrying okay, considering let's... there wasn't a big period for them, like a winning period either. I know, I know that um, South Australia is a football state, but look at Port. Like they came in in '97 and they were playing consistent finals by 2000 and you know well, when, then one, two, three, for all those years they were contenders. So yeah. um, it's, I don't really know where where the Gold Coast. Are. They just don't have a soul, you know. They they don't have a supporter base. They don't really have the facilities. They have. One star who's probably going to leave. It's crisis time, in my opinion. Correct, and, and that leads me to another club that has both a culture and has a support base and has a soul, and that's St Kilda. And what do you think? Do you think it's it's Alan Richardson's fault? What's going on there? Look, I personally feel it's from... Um, is, is it a list management issue? Is it is it a drafting issue? Or is it a combination of all three or four? I think... Um... I don't think they planned for life without Rewalt uh, and Montagna very well in terms of leadership. Uh, Jared Gear is a disgrace, in my opinion. Um, they just don't have any leaders in the midfield. So, 
who's going to stand up when the chips aren't falling your way? I can't name one guy that I can trust to 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 stand up like a Selwood or a Viney, you know? Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent agree. Well, he, I've got their mission. Um, their strategic framework, 2014, 2018. They said by 2018, we'll be a top four side that is positioned to be a consistent premiership contender. No. Have more than 50,000 members in Australia. No. Have 10,000 members in New Zealand. That experiment died. Um, reduce debt, deliver annual surpluses, and have strong trans-Tasman business and corporate connections. They have missed every single one of those um, dots in their mission statement by 2018. And like you said, um, I don't think I've seen a St. Kilda team this bad over the last two, three weeks that I've ever seen. And, and, and that sort of, that, that they're my Gold Coast at the moment. I'm really worried for them. Hopefully they can get it together. But um, it, like you said, they haven't sort of structured and organized past Rewalt, uh, the post Rewalt uh, Montagna Del Santo era. But Look, you'd hope they can get it together because they are they are a historic club. They're a, a proud club, despite off-field shenanigans and, and all that stuff. They they are a very very good club. Um, but we will. Uh, they're a proud no? club. I don't know if they're a good club. <laughs> well, they 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 had they had a good period between I'd say twenty two thousand nine to around two thousand twelve. They had a very good chance yeah, to. What do, they have, what do they have to What do they have to show for it? You know. Yeah. No that... one remembers the runners up, mate. Yep, no, nah, that's true. If you're not first, you're last, the old Ricky Bobby statement. But um, let's hope exactly. St. Kilda get it. Hundred percent. And get some absolute beauties. But um we'll move from that now. We um look, I just want to touch on something else. Um, I don't know what you think, you're probably in the same level as me. The fight M N D, how much it's grown over the last four years, um, the whole uh, lead up and build up to the Queen's birthday game. Neil Danaher, over $3 million raised. Um, the 18 coaches went down the slide. Uh, did you watch any of that, Tom? Did you did you yeah. enjoy it just as much as I did? No, it's good stuff. Like, um, obviously, he's deteriorating pretty quickly, old Neil. Um, but, you know, he's he's a pretty strong character and he's got a great sense of humour. So it's easy to... He's a very lovable kind of guy. So he's the kind of guy that everyone kind of wants to get around and, and support. And, you know, on the weekend you saw that, you know, it, it was an absolute sea of blue with those beanies, which was which, which was an awesome sight as a spectator. And um, hopefully they can they can actually put this money to good use and actually find something that can prevent, you know, suffering for M&D sufferers in the future. 100%, mate. Could not agree with you more. But we'll, we'll go into the round 13 fixtures right now very quickly um, before we actually talk some, some World Cup for a few minutes, um, seeing as that the games start tomorrow. Um, quick, uh, Quickly, just the highlights of the week. Port Adelaide Bulldogs tomorrow night, 7.20. A nice little lead-up before um, I sneak down to Maccas, get myself a feed, and then um, settle in and watch the World Cup at 1am. Um, then you got Sydney West Coast, the old traditional rivals, Friday night. And then two other games which I'm really looking forward to. I've got Hawthorne Adelaide Saturday night at the G. Two teams that really need a win. And Geelong Richmond Sunday afternoon at the G. That's going to be an absolute cracker. Tom, is it, do you feel like there's going to be a, an upset? Do you feel like there's going to be a statement made this weekend? What do, what do you think? What's your forecast? Uh, I'm pumped about it. Where, where is that Sydney West Coast game? SCG, Friday night. Gee, that's going to be a good game. Very good. Gee, that's going to be a good game. Oh, yeah. uh, West Coast, I really, 
I don't know where to place West Coast still out here, boys. I want to see them win on the MCG on a big stage. But... Um, you know, you can only you can only win with, win with what you got in front of you, though. So if they win on the weekend, that's another big scalp. Uh, Ge- Geelong Richmond, that's my uh, that's my 550th game out here. Oh wow, champion data. Mm. Well, how about that? 550 games of absolute wisdom and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and gags and Bruce calls. <laughs> yeah. It's been a, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, but that's gonna be that's gonna be a cracking game as well, and if Geelong can get over Richmond at the G, well, they're back. Yep, definitely back in. To beat North Melbourne after they've been on um, quite the run as well as was quite impressive. Gary Ablett's back to some pretty good form as well. But um, that wraps up. I find it crazy. I find it crazy that Geelong are fourth. I was just looking at the ladder now. Oh. How the hell are Geelong fourth? Mate, your guess is as good as mine. When you look at their injury report and the fact that they're eight and four, I think that's more a testament. We were talking about GWS, Gold Coast and St Kilda clubs with culture. This is a club with a winning culture and just knows how to win. And they did lose against Hawthorne by a point. They did get demolished in a few games. Uh, West Coast up there in Perth when Gaz did his hamstring. But they did beat Collingwood. They've beaten North Melbourne red hot, uh, uh, when they were coming in red hot. Um, they've just gotten the job done. They just find a way to win, don't they? They're just a very, very good football club, and that's a totally biased opinion. But they're still... They're, they're just a team with... The Sydney-like culture that just knows how to win. Their defense is their defense is quite um quite good. If you look at the points for and against, they they they've conceded the fewest points out of like the top six, I think. And they've done that mostly without Harry Taylor or Lockie Henderson, which is just as impressive. Tom Stewart should be the first name you think of as all Australian, wouldn't you? Right now. Mm. Yeah, Tom Stewart's in there for sure. Who were some of the other unsung heroes back there? I can't even think of them. Well, um, one springs to mind, seeing as that we're in a World Cup mode now, old Thierry Henry, Jack Henry, he's had an absolute belter ever since he's come into the Geelong side. He's Is just he this a rookie? Rookie, lanky kid out of the Geelong Falcons. Um, none gave him a chance just due to the fact that he um, there's been talks about his competitiveness and combativeness, but he intercepts the ball possibly better than most rookies that I have seen. He's equal to Duday, and the reason why he's not getting as much reception as Duday is because he's not a higher draft pick and he's not being as recognized due to the fact that leave is now gone. So the stuff's like there's been a lot of eyes on him. Um, and he was the new successor. Jack Henry's just come in. He's filled a role. He's done it brilliantly. No one's talking about him. Asava Radigalia is another one. Poor bloke. Broke his leg, but he's coming back better than ever next year. It's it it's got to come down to the drafting as well. Tom Stewart, that guy, he, he was like a, a 40, 50 pick, and um, Zach Tui, Jed Buse plays a shutdown role. Mark Blitzarbs has now gone down back. You know, they're they're just a team that knows how to to win. Chris Scott, I've yeah. always criticised his coaching, but what he does in changing the magnets around and getting the best out of his team that he has in front of him is pretty impressive as well. Both, both the Scott brothers, in my opinion, pretty good at that. No, 100, 100%. 100%. So, um, leading into this round, West Coast the first, Richmond second, Sydney third, Geelong fourth. So, there's your top four at the moment. Um, is there any? Has there been any surprises? Apart, let's say North Melbourne aside, has there been any surprises when you look at the ladder and go, oh, they should not be up there or, wow, they've, um, they're really down there. I did not expect them to be this bad. Uh, I didn't expect Adelaide to be so far back. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'm, I thought that Collingwood and Adelaide switch those positions. That's where I thought they'd be, mm-hmm. respectively. Um, but Collingwood's been an absolute bolter. Yeah, they're, they're a very, very, very good football club, um, considering all aspects, defense, midfield, forwards, the development of their big have guys. They, have they got the best midfield right now? In regards to form? In, yeah, in regards to, say, the last month of football, have they got the best midfield right now? I Trelaw, think... Dugowie, Pendle, Brady, uh, Adams, uh, Phillips, uh, who else goes through there? Maine's actually playing a good negating role. Okay, I actually think West Coast has the best midfield in the AFL right now in regards to form, but if I was to put together top 10 midfielders in the competition right now, Tom Phillips and Jordan Dugowie will be up there. How much does Jordan Dugowie get next year? Um, a player that can play in the guts and up forward, has goal sense, clean, wins it all. Um, pretty stiff to lose the um, best on ground to Mason Cox, by the way. Um, 800? Eight fifty. Yeah, I, I reckon you got to pay him at least eight hundred. He's an absolute game breaker. He's 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 the next Dusty. He's the next Dusty. Um, I like putting um contract terms into sort of soccer terms as well. Um, and comparing that like Jordan Dugowie now is kind of like what Anthony Martial was when he was at Monaco and Manchester United signed him for about fifty million pounds. I think that equivalent yeah. there. He's that kind of player that's just come out of nowhere. Everyone knew. His talents and how good he was. He's um, come come through a couple of indiscrepancies um, over the off season and off field. Um, he's put his nose down, his bum up, and he's worked hard as we've all seen. And he's becoming one of the premier players of the competition and could be up there as one of the best players in the competition in as little as two years. And if I weren't a St Kilda, a Carlton, a North Melbourne. Um, or any club that has salary cap space, I would not hesitate to throw the kitchen sink at him. Mm. He's he's the best player in the, in that draft at this point. <clears throat> Who was in that draft? It was twenty fourteen. So McCartan, Petrarca, Brayshaw, and then Dugowie went. No, he went first round somewhere. Yeah. At the moment, um, yeah, but, yeah. So wow. Petrarca's career is stalled big time, um, and Dugowie is. Stepping up big time. So, um, interesting, interesting draft. Yeah, it is. When you when you put it um, on paper, it really does sound like McCartan definitely. Um, look, I know uh, Andrew Bra- uh, Angus Brayshaw uh, had a had a real weird start to his career, but you know you'd think in regards to um, in. In regards to what what he's come through now, he's becoming a good player. He's becoming a better player. But yeah, like you said, I think Dugowie now has everyone covered. Has uh, Angus Brayshaw, McCartan, uh, even Petraka covered. Who's really good, but just good in spells. I mean, he he really hasn't been consistent, hasn't he? He weighs he weighs ninety six kilograms. He just needs to shed, shed ten kilos next off season and just build build his tank up. Because he's a burst player, and we don't we don't want him to be a burst player. Trust me. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I'll give you. He was fifth in that draft, by the way. I'll give you the top ten in that draft: McCartan, Petraka, Angus Brayshaw, Jared Pickett, who's now at Carlton. Then you got Tagoe at five. Caleb Marchbank, who's now at Carlton. Paul O'Hearn, who's now at North Melbourne. Uh, two meter Peter Wright, who we haven't heard from in ages. I think he's injured. 
Darcy Moore, who's obviously stalled in Nakia Cocker too. So Collingwood, I think, win that draft right right at the moment. And uh, Isaac Heaney down at pick 18, but they got gifted him. Jake Lieber, pick 14, now at your days. Yeah. Apparently, Melbourne were into Jake Lieber big time, but they went for Wiedemann at nine. Oh, sorry, that was a different draft, wasn't it? Wiedemann, yeah, I believe, was, was 15. Yeah, sorry, sorry. That, that was a different draft. Wiedemann went top 10, but it was a different draft. Yeah. Um, Carlton's, um, Carlton's picks just quickly in that draft. Uh, Blaine Bocorse, 19. Dylan Viojo, Rainbow. Um, who's now, I think, at Port Melbourne. He was picked 28. And then Jesus. all the way down, um, Clem Smith, who's now playing back in the Waffles. So uh, a, a draft to forget. What are they doing down at Carlton? <laughs> what? <laughs> they absolutely butchered that. Yep. And then they they also, right after Clem Smith, three picks later, got Jaden Foster, who, who's, um, yeah, that, that that was Carlton's draft. I, I agree with you. What the hell were they thinking? But um, Serious it, questions <laughs> over Steve Silvani here, boys. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't actual Silvani. That was um the bloke before him. Forgot his name. But, um, you know, he's come in. It wasn't very memorable by the sounds of it. It, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't at all. Um, but that does it for AFL Talk, mate. Um, It was great to have you on. But just quickly, look, the World Cup's on tomorrow night. Russia plays Saudi Arabia. Traditional rivals, a world war waiting to happen. Um, what are your thoughts? Who do you think's going to win? Give us some your prediction on who's going to win. How many points do you think Australia is going to get? How many goals do you think they're going to get if they're going to progress through to the group stage? Um, and your uh, golden boot and golden uh, and golden ball winner. Uh, I think Spain will win the World Cup. Did you just hear the news? By the this is breaking. About Spain, they so, just sacked their manager a day before the World Cup. What? Why? He was in secret talks to be Real Madrid's new manager, and he got the ass um, due to obviously loyalty reasons. Um, wow, that's that's interesting. Okay, I, I want to change. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> I want to change the pick to Germany because I thought it was going to be a Spain Germany final, but if they're in turmoil, then I'm going Germany. Yep. Um, all right, we'll go with Golden Boot winner, which I believe is the most goal scorer, uh, highest goal scorer. Uh, uh, highest goal scorer, Neymar. Who's that? Neymar. 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 Golden ball? What's the golden ball for again? Uh, best, best player in the tournament. Um, golden ball. Uh, that. Maybe Isco. Ooh, I like a bit of Isco. I'm, su- I'm surprised you didn't say Salah for either one of them. You're a big Liverpool man. I, I, I just I just don't think Egypt will progress. Therefore, it rules them out. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Australia, how do you think we'll go, mate? Will we progress? Um, are, are we a chance? I'm not a massive Socceroos fan. But I think they will snag a classic Aussie goal or two. Um, an absolute scrimmage in the box where there's a deflection or someone, you know, it hits off someone's back or something and will score. And I think that they will progress. Um, I think they'll get over the line against Denmark and Peru. And I'm anticipating a draw with France, <clears throat> which is optimistic. Um, but I just don't... I, I, don't, I don't know... <laughs> Benton is out. Benton is out. That's a huge <laughs> loss for Denmark. Lord Benton. Why isn't he in the squad? <laughs> Why isn't he in the squad? 
What? Why isn't he in the squad? This is absolutely... This is what Stephen A. Smith would call blasphemous. Yeah, I don't know. But either way, I can't name one Peruvian or one Denmark player. So, um, Aussie's through for me. And what's his name? Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy to be our best, I reckon. Yeah. Super Aaron Moy. The bald messy. Um, well, that... Yeah, um, I can't argue with Germany. They're going to be right up there. Um, predictions sound pretty, uh, pretty generic, if you ask me. Um, hopefully, hopefully we uh, get a few frothies in us and cheer the Aussies on at the London Tavern on Saturday night, mate. Uh, down at Richmond, um, would there be a sneaky chance to put in a little, uh, put in a little vault episode there with um, with the boys and talk some World Cup, or do you think we'll just be absolutely would we'll just, just be too sloshed yeah, to, to even it's, talk? Um, it's... Probably a better idea to leave. It <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree. But um, Tommy, thanks for coming on the line with us, mate, to talk some football, and hopefully we'll uh, talk to you again soon. All good, mate. Thanks, mate. All right, thank you very much, listeners. We'll be back later on in the week to talk uh, the vault punt. Uh, hopefully, our man Jack Devine is here from Points Bet to talk about the odds and our uh, leans. But from now, I'm George Chipper Chipness. That's Tom Newendorf. And uh, have a great week.